Please pray with me. The God of Abraham and Isaac, of Sarah and Rebecca, and the God of each of us. We ask you to be with us in the reading of this text. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Throughout the month of October, Andrew and I have been preaching on environmental responsibility and our role in advocating for the planet that we call our home. Last week, he preached on Jeremiah 29 and the command to bloom where we have been transplanted. This week, we are picking back up in Jeremiah 31 to hear what comes after that command from God to settle in and settle down in exile. Here, Jeremiah talks about the promise to repopulate the land with livestock and the families with children. God reminds the people that they have watched the community through the times of gathering and destroying and relocation, and that God will be there during the time of planting and rebuilding. God has been with them through all the seasons that they are in as a community, and God will not leave them alone in this time. In fact, God promises them something quite powerful here. The common phrase associated with generational sin is something that Jeremiah quotes here. The parents have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. That will no longer apply to the people of Israel. This proverb is about the sins of the parents passing down to their children. And Jeremiah is saying this will no longer be the case in this new era, in this world where God invites them to truly live without fear of the past or the present, but to build the future that they want to see right now. Jeremiah prophesies that God will make a new kind of covenant, a covenant that isn't based on the historic ones of the past, like the ones we have heard before too, it won't be like the one to Noah and his family. It won't be like the one to Moses or the people in the wilderness. It will not come down from Mount Sinai on, on stone tablets. This covenant is the kind that God will write on their very hearts. It is the kind written in invisible ink, the kind that comes from deep inside of them. This covenant isn't about the maintenance of outside rules, like the previous covenant where they had to remember what to follow. Jeremiah is prophesying a new kind of promise, one that involves knowing God's commands so deeply and so clearly that they come from within each and every one of us. In this kind of world, people don't need anyone to teach them about God because the knowledge of God already dwells inside each and every one of them. Now, I don't know about you, but the cynical part of me, or the deeply, you know, Calvinist, total depravity part of me, has a hard time really buying this whole God's knowledge dwells within me, even though I really like that idea. And I think this is a pretty bold promise for Jeremiah to make. 
He's the first prophet to make this promise in the Hebrew Testament, first of all. So this is a whole new thing to talk about, but it's highlighted really heavily in the New Testament, so I was quite surprised to find out that it's only mentioned once. And frankly, like if you take this to the logical conclusion, why would we even need to be in religious communities at all? If we all know who God is inside of us, it's a pretty bold and strange thing for him to say. Why would we need to come to church or to synagogue to learn about God together if we already know everything there is to know about God deep within us? We could just be by ourselves, right? We wouldn't need each other. We could just do what Jeremiah says and say, you know this already. Why are you even here? What are you doing here? Why would any of us need to listen to someone else talk about God or what we wanted to know was true? But in this bold promise is a gift, one that comes from within, but we still need each other to remember. It's this gift of love written on our hearts. And this kind of love comes from a deeper place beyond our intellectual understanding. We had some hefty debates about that at Bible study this week about knowledge and what kind of knowledge is really the kind that Jeremiah is talking about. And the Hebrew Testament mentions this new covenant, but it's not going to replace the one that was made long ago with Abraham and Sarah, the one that's talking about being a promise and a blessing to the nations. The law will become incarnate or enfleshed in each of the Israelites living in exile. They'll become a community that exists completely because of God's grace, based on God's forgiveness of their sins. You might remember that in this passage, there's a phrase that Jeremiah repeats over and over again, the phrase, in those days. I'd like to imagine those days not just as far away days, but in organizing language, the world as it should be days. If I could replace that phrase with that phrase, I would. I would make it say something like, in the world as it should be, God's law will be written in our hearts. In the world as it should be, we will love each other and know God without anyone explaining what that is to us. But the reality is that we don't live in that kind of world right now. But we could. Jeremiah is showing us that we really, really could. Walter Brueggemann says that in this kind of world, all of the people know God's story. All of the people accept God's sovereignty or God's power and all embrace God's command, God's command to love. And I wonder about this kind of covenant and what it has to do with that original command from Genesis, the one that Rabbi Nina Beth Carden talked to us about two weeks ago. She talked about this beautiful command to care for the earth. And I wonder what it would mean to apply this Jeremiah understanding of covenant to that ancient command to care for the earth. The kind of covenant that God put in place with people and creation so that way we could care for the earth and for one another. I think about a woman I met two weeks ago at the first build training I was at this month, the one, the one we're having here on site. She's a member of the Oliver community on the other side of Greenmount Cemetery. And for those of you who don't know, I live in Greenmount West, which is the neighborhood on the west side of Greenmount Cemetery. And 
there's a big divide. That cemetery kind of acts like a giant barrier between Oliver and Johnson Square and my neighborhood because my neighborhood was developed and was designated with city money in a different way than the rest of central Baltimore was. So people like Selena and I shouldn't be friends or be talking to each other, but here we are. Selena is a college graduate raised in Baltimore who came back because she wanted to make her city better, and she chose to move back to Oliver. She cares about clean streets, and we got to talking about why she picks up trash in her neighborhood. And she was telling me about how people see her picking up trash and cleaning up the green spaces, and they ask her, why are you doing that? There are bigger problems in your neighborhood than trash. Shouldn't you be caring about something else, like the violence on your streets or the drug dealer on the corner or the lack of employment for some of your neighbors? Shouldn't those be the things that you're caring about? And instead, she tells them, as she told me, that it's the same wherever you go, that we are in a trash and recycling crisis in our city, and if we don't pick up trash and show we care, then what are we saying about the other things? She sees that, you know, like picking up trash shows that you actually love your neighborhood, that you've chosen to be where you are, to make it a beautiful place, a place worth caring about and doing something about. And she has said that it has changed the way people talk about her neighborhood and the green spaces, even though it may not seem like a huge thing to do. It reminds me of that invisible ink, the invisible work of serving through trash pickup and checking on neighbors, that there's power in that kind of work too. I did some research on the trash recycling crisis in Baltimore, everyone, and I was appalled to learn that our landfill will be full in seven years. Seven years. Before my 40th birthday, our landfill will be full. I did not know that. We have a refuse energy system, like an incinerator that burns all of our trash and, and turns it into energy. But it is aging and is probably going to be offline if it doesn't get the repairs that the private company that owns it actually needs to make for it to be viable to stay in the city. So what will happen to that trash if we're no longer burning it? And our city has the lowest recycling rates in the entire state of Maryland. So those facts alone like show me that we have a lot of work to do. Not just on a global level or a policy level, but on a neighbor-to-neighbor -neighbor level in our community. That there are like things we can do to make those stats change. We don't have to stay in the world as it is, in that world where we need laws around us to remind us to do good and to love one another. We don't need to turn um, rules about recycling and trash pickup into the Ten Commandments to hand somebody, you know? It can be something written in our hearts, something we know to do because we care about the world that we live in, because we don't want that prediction about the landfill being full in seven years to come true, because we want to live in a different kind of city, a city that has the best recycling rate in the state. I don't know about you, but I would love that to be the new stat. Can I get an amen about that? Amen. amen, yeah. I would love that to be the new world that we live in. But we've got some work to do to make that happen.
We've got some work to do. And Jeremiah told us that too. Because you have to know that it is true deep within you. That that love that God has given you to share and those promises that you know that you are called to keep and to share with others are there for you to share. That that ancient commitment about stewarding the earth is something for each and every one of us. Written in invisible ink. Amen.